Let's go. 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 Let's Welcome to MBA University. Um, this is part four of our four-part series to covering the NCAA bracket. Um, for this last episode, it's actually just me, uh, so it'll be a little bit different of an episode uh, with well, our different schedules and uh, the short notice between the selection Sunday and the start of the tournament. Um, couldn't find the time to get this fourth one done together, so... I'm just going to have me do it here. Um, in this um, episode, we're going to cover the South Division, uh, South Region, um, which is Virginia is the one uh, with Tennessee as the two. Um, this is a, the first one, this first bracket came out. Um, looked like a pretty straightforward region, but the further we looked into it, uh, the further we looked into how the matchups played out as far as location, um, injuries, things like that. It's, this one's a little little more confusing. Uh, it can go quite a few different ways. The, uh, before I get into that, want to uh, release some of these, the, some news of what's going on with some teams and players in other regions. So, um, with Syracuse, uh, Frank Howard is suspended for the first game um, of the for of the of the tournament for the first um, for violating um, ab- academic rules, I believe. Um, so uh, that's a big loss for Syracuse playing against Baylor, um, who's despite being a, a pretty average to below average offensive team, uh, they're a much better offensive team against the zone. So. I think this leans in Baylor's favor now without Frank Howard. I think Baylor wins this one uh, to go on to play Gonzaga, but ultimately lose to Gonzaga in the second round. Um, And I've seen reports that Mississippi State is without Nick Weatherspoon. So um, if that's the case, then that's another big loss for them Um, and more of a reason to pick Liberty over them. Um, But... With that being said, we'll get into the South. Um, start with the Virginia Gardner Webb matchup. So, um, first with Virginia, um, obviously one of the best teams in the country. Really had the number one overall seed wrapped up for most of the season until they had that uh, tough loss to FSU, and Duke really played well at the end of the season. Um, so, they have a ton of talent. Um, really <clears throat> comes down to their top three guys, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, and DeAndre Hunter. Those are the main offensive weapons. Um, Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy are unbelievable shooters. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, or DeAndre, DeAndre Hunter um, has been unbelievable shooting the ball as well this year. A huge improvement for him. Um, he's up to 
46% on threes, which is really, really incredible. Um, he's 34th in the country. Um, and then Kyle Guy is unbelievable at shooting it at 46%. And uh, Ty Jerome is in, um, far behind them at 40%. So um, those three guys can really shoot the ball, uh, do really well at um, playing off of each other. Ty Jerome has been um, – his shot hasn't been falling as of late but has been really making a lot of plays in a few 8 to 10 assist games. So um, been a huge playmaker for him and has great size at point guard for at 6'5". Causes a lot of matchup problems. Uh, but really outside of those three, um, not much offense comes from there. Um, so Braxton Key and Diakia are really the two other options uh, that come to mind with their offense. Kahi Clark, I mean, um, he's more of a facilitator, likes to to break down some defenses and try to get others involved. He's too small, I think, to really get his own offense. But um, Virginia has really been known for their defense, and this team isn't any different. Uh, you always hear about the pack mark defense, and basically what that is um, is – you're essentially playing a matchup zone where um, whoever's guarding the ball, guarding them straight up, not pressuring them too much. Uh, and if they drive, the, whoever's defending them next to them closes the gap to cause them to kick it out and try to move the ball around. Um, and essentially that's happening all around the court. So it's hard to penetrate when help is there so quick um, and recovery gets back so their ability to, to play that defense is impressive um, has them as the fifth ranked defense in the country so that is basically Virginia is going to slow you down to a standstill basically and make you um, score through them and it's not very successful for many teams so I don't see Gardner-Webb being successful for that um, but as far as Gardner-Webb their, their keys to try to pull off um, an insane upset would be to really hit a ton of threes uh, in which they're capable of shooting 38% from three uh, but I think they'll have to be shooting 45 to 50% from three to beat this Virginia team and they have to be able to rebound the ball something that they really struggle with. And when you're going against guys like uh, Diakia, Braxton Key, Jack Salt, uh, it's imperative that you're getting rebounds. Um, so guys like Jose Perez, um, David, David E. <laughs> um, I'm struggling to say his last name, but uh, him and DJ Laster have to be incredible from behind the line. And really get some, get a lot of shots up and try to get in transition. Uh, they like to play a little bit, um, a pretty fast, uh, pretty average tempo compared to the rest of the country. But um, what they do is try to slow people down on defense. Uh, they'll throw in some zone to some half court zones to really slow the ball down. Um, but like I said, they have to be really on fire for three to, to make this close. 
Um, I just don't see that happening, and I think Virginia wins um, by a, a wide margin. Uh, so that moves Virginia on. Um, the next matchup is Ole Miss, the eight seed, versus Oklahoma, the nine seed. So Ole Miss is a team that um, I've really liked since the beginning of the season. They basically play three guards and two small forwards in their starting lineup now um, that they've added K.J. Buffin to the, to the starting lineup. Uh, they like to really speed up the game and then on defense slow you down uh, with a three-quarters court, one-three-one zone, just more or less trying to slow you down rather than looking for to to speed you up and try to get easy steals. Uh, they do that more in the half court where guys like um, Devontae Shuler, Terrence Davis can really defend and um, get steals from there. And so Ole Miss, I mean, their advantage is um, – Playing quick on offense, getting easy easy transition buckets. Uh, Brian Tyree is really leading them offensively. And then Terrence Davis is their heart and soul of that team. Uh, so if he if he really gets going, he, he's tough to stop. And as a team, they're really hard to stop. So with Ole Miss and Kermit Davis, um, I really like this team. It feels like they're just missing a couple, a couple pieces, I would say. Um, in the front court, uh, they have um, Ola Nicek, uh, who's just a huge body, um, very strong. Uh, Reminds me a little bit of Marcin Gortat as a college version, uh, but he's kind of fallen out of favor there, hasn't played well, uh, and has seen his minutes drop dramatically. Uh, and then Bruce Stevens is another big that they have, but not very tall, just more of a big body. And that just eats up minutes there. It doesn't um, move the needle either way. Um, so I think really they're just missing a big body uh, to make a deep run. And then they play um, Oklahoma, who's had a very strange year. Uh, started the season 11-1 and one, um, and then finished 7-12 and 12 from there. So, had a really good start. Played some good teams. I mean, they beat Wofford. They beat Florida. Uh, Dayton, Wichita State. Uh, a lot of decent teams there. And then as soon as they got into the Big 12, they really sort of fell off a cliff. Um, at one point, losing six straight. Uh, right in the middle of the Big 12 season. And then kind of had an upset in the Big 12 tournament losing to West Virginia. Um, so they're, they're a team that's not playing in the right direction. Um, we've covered them before, but it all starts with Christian James. He, he's someone that's taken a huge step up in his senior year. Um, shooting the ball okay from three, um, but really doing everything for them taking about 26% of the shots when he's on the floor. Um, and when he gets going, he can he can be unstoppable. But as of late, teams have been doubling him. Uh, 
Ronnie's been really struggling with that and not really getting people involved. Um, he's only assisting on 11% of his possessions, so uh, not a great, not a great assist rate, um, especially when your turnover rates um, at, at nearly 15%. So, um, I mean, outside of him, Christian Doolittle, uh, Brady Manek, and Aaron Kalexi, um are the other starters that really contribute. Um, Christian Doolittle is a a stretch four, uh, good size, can really do a lot on the floor. Um, doesn't shoot it very much, uh, but will play outside the three-point line a little bit um, and try to get put it on the floor and get to the rim. Uh, Brady Mannix, kind of the opposite, is always going to be outside the three-point line. Most of his shots are going to come from there. Uh, he's pretty much at a 50-50 split between taking twos and threes. Um Basically, Larry Bird, what he looks like. <laughs> um, and then Aaron Kleksi is their point guard. Um, small, shifty type guard that can um, get people involved but struggles with uh, decision-making. Uh, has a really bad turnover rate at 25%. So um, I'm not a big fan of this team. They're easily frustrated. Uh, they feel like... Christian James was the go-to guy in the beginning of the season. Then they started doubling him, and then all of a sudden they don't have an offense. So uh, I'm not a big fan of this Oklahoma team, and I think despite both teams going in the wrong direction um, to end the season, I think Ole Miss just has a little more heart and plays a little bit harder to, to win a really close one here. Uh, which brings us to... The 5-12 um, matchup between Wisconsin and Oregon. Uh, this has been a really trendy upset pick here. Um, kind of confuses me why. Oregon's a team that has been up and down all season. Uh, had a tough start, losing Bull Bull pretty early in the season. Uh, one of the top freshmen in the, in the country. Um, son of Manute Bull, who used to play for the Washington Bullets, um, and actually, I believe, has the uh, record for um, block rate um, while he was in the NBA. But losing him was big. Uh, now they sort of rely on um, Peyton Pritchard, which if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't think he played basketball. Uh, 6'2", kind of average-looking kid, uh, but his plays with a ton of heart, um, decent shooter, uh, decently athletic, but really he's just a smart player, able to get to certain spots, knows the angles, um, and actually had, I think, his first college dunk in the um, Pac-12 championship. So um, just <laughs> if you're getting your first dunk in your junior year of the last game of the regular season, you, you kind of understand the average athleticism, but um, other than him, uh, Lewis King and Kenny Wooten uh, are two big names that come to mind. Um, Lewis King, he's the, another big freshman that they brought in, along with Will Richardson. Uh, he's 6'9", 205, a little lengthy, uh, but able to do everything on the floor. Um, you can put him 
outside the three-point line. He can knock it down at a good rate. Can rebound the ball pretty well. Um, what he's been struggling with is making plays for others. He's, his decision-making, which a lot of times comes with freshmen understanding what to, to do in each situation. So, um, And then Kenny Wooten, another big, uh, big solid guy. Not going to be outside the paint very much. Uh, really good at protecting the rim and finishing around the rim. So he's just really planted inside the paint. Uh, and then, again, they, they have a, t- a ton of size at play. So Paul White, a 6'9 senior, uh, 230. Again, another guy that just sort of plants himself in the paint. Can stretch it out a little bit, um, shooting 38% from three, which is uh, their best three-point shooter. Um, outside of Victor Bailey, so uh, they're a team that, if you look through their schedule, um, up and down, all over the place, um, go on these losing streaks and then winning streaks and losing streaks um, all year long in a, a really bad um, conference this year. Uh, had some some pretty terrible losses early on, moving to te- Texas Southern at home. Just that's unex- that's inexcusable. You can't be losing that. Uh, but again, they they still have some good wins at, up there, including um, beating Washington twice um, in the month of March, which Washington's been playing really well all year. So uh, things that they do well, they defend the three point line really well. They're gonna get out to you run you off the three-point line or make you take a tough shot. Um, and like I was saying before, uh, Kenny Wooten protecting the rim. As a team, they do it pretty well. So um, they like to slow it down. Again, really, really slow pace. I'm going to rely on their defense to get them going on offense. Uh, but they're going to run into a team in Wisconsin that has a ton of veteran players on their team, including Ethan Happ. Um, Ethan Happ's one of the best players in the country. Um, He's a post player that's always going to play on the block. And he's just very skillful there. Has a ton of go-to moves. He has his go-to move, a counter move to that. Um, And able to finish over either shoulder, so he can't really lean one way or the other. Um, and he has a insane, insane assist rate, especially for a big. Um, I mean, this he's assisting on 37% of his possessions. And even as a point guard, that's a huge number. But he's a center. So um, just to put that in perspective. So Wisconsin really led by, by Ethan Happ. Um, but what, again, what works for them is... They're just great team defense. They don't necessarily have one outstanding defender. I mean, Khalil Iverson is a very good defender. Um, Brad Davidson's a good defender. You have guys like Kobe King, um, Pritzel. I mean, they're all good defenders, but as a team, they're outstanding. Um, Ranked third on defense in the country. Uh, Really make you just take tough shots. And I think that's one, be playing in the Big Ten, you're going to be 
playing against teams that don't take great shots or aren't great shooters, but um, even in their non-conference schedule, um, teams like Marquette, they played against um, North Carolina State, Oklahoma, these teams that typically can score a lot. Um, They've held them to a pretty reasonable number. So uh, Wisconsin, I think, just has a complete team. It's just some of the pieces are are young. I mean, you guys got like you got guys like Demetri Trice at point, only being a sophomore. Um, I think if he was a year or two older, um, sort of an Ethan Haps crew in class. Uh, I think this team is a two to three seed. Um, so just playing through some of that youth that they have with Colby King as well and Nate Reavers, who's also starts uh, and is sort of the heir apparent to uh, to Ethan Happ. But with their ability to shoot the three, uh, especially Trice, uh, and their ability to play defense consistently and really take care of the ball, um, I think it's going to be difficult for Oregon to to use their defense to get their offense going because Wisconsin is so disciplined and smart with the ball. Um, I just see see Wisconsin winning this game. And I know they're playing in San Jose, which, I mean, that's in California. Um, it's obviously closer than Wisconsin, but I don't think that plays that much of a, a role in this game. So I have Wisconsin moving forward there. Um, then... Next matchup, Kansas State versus UC Irvine. Um, Again, another trendy um, upset pick here. This one makes a little more sense to me as an upset pick um, simply because Kansas State is without Dean Wade. And again, Dean Wade's their best player, um, especially offensively. Um, He's essentially their only offensive option. Um, natural offensive option. So they have Barry Brown, um, who's a great player. Um, I would consider him a defensive player with some offensive capabilities. He just really struggles shooting the ball. Can really get to the rim, um, but when he gets to the rim, or is driving a lot of that that time is him going no matter what, whether that shot's going to get blocked or not. uh, He's probably going to shoot it. So the ball can get stuck in his hand. And as a point guard, especially on a team that struggles offensively, that's not a good thing. Um, So losing Dean Wade um, is a huge loss. In the games he hasn't played, um, they're really, really struggling offensively. So um, they played um, Southern Miss um, in, de- in December, that was the first game he missed this year. Um, they won the game by four points and only scored 55. Um, the next game beat Vanderbilt. Uh, they put up 69. Vanderbilt's been, with once they lost Darius Garland, it was kind of, um, the season was over for them. Uh, and then they went and played George Mason one by one, only put up 59 points. Then went on to lose the next two against Texas and Texas Tech, not scoring more than 57 points. Um, and then their last game, 
without him in that stretch was against West Virginia. Um, they won 71-69. And again, West Virginia was going through um, player suspensions, players getting kicked off the team. Uh, so a lot was going on there. Um, and then to end the season, played TCU in 170-61 uh, and then lost to Iowa State 63-59. So really struggled to score the ball when he's out. And I think that's really going to hurt them against a UC Irvine team. Um, but really the main scorers now are going to be Barry Brown, um, Stokes, who is a really quick shifty guard. Um, reminds me a little bit of A.J. Abrams back on Texas in the right after the Durant era. Um, but then guys like Xavier Sneed are really going to need to step up. Uh, Call Maywin is just going to have to clean up the glass and uh, really put everything back. Try to get easy points that way. Um, and then Sean Neal, Sean Neal Williams and um, guys like Austin Trice, Mike McGurl, really going to have to step up to give him some punch off the bench. So um, it's a huge loss for them. Losing Dean Wade and playing a team like UC Irvine, who um, has now won 16 in a row and is playing really, really well, really, really good basketball. And um, they're led by Max Hazard. Um, Small, shifty guard can really shoot it from the outside. He's taken 216 attempts from the three and is shooting nearly 40%. Um, and he's smart with the ball. He, he doesn't turn it over much. And, and he's a junior. He's played a ton of basketball in college, so uh, really smart. And then they have Ayesu Worku, um, who is another guard, able to, to make more plays. Uh, they, they do play well off each other. Sort of whoever has a hot hand, they get them the ball and let them run the show. Um, and then basically they play four guards in their starting lineup. So guys like Evan Leonard and Robert Cartwright just sort of out there spreading the floor, spacing it. Evan Leonard shooting 41 from three. So, um, and then Robert Cartwright out there, again, as a secondary ball handler, playmaker, trying to get guys involved with... Jonathan Galloway, who's got really good size. Um, it's been there for four years. Um, can really finish around the rim and get to the free throw line. So uh, have a really complete team. Uh, have sort of a um, Ole Miss type of lineup, except they don't shoot threes the way they Ole Miss shoots. Um, they more rely on... Again, rely on defense, really stuffing the interior defense, not allowing easy shots around the rim, and then getting out and um, trying to run their offense. I'm not going to see them run up and down very much, but see, you're going to see them attack mismatches because they have mismatches all over the place. Uh, and, they, and they shoot it well from three, so I think they have... A really good 
combination to beat Kansas State since Kansas State doesn't have a ton of size um, without Dean Wade. Uh, really, Call May Wings, their only, only size on the team. Xavier Sneed's the next biggest, really, that plays um, at 6'5", so uh, evenly matched up size-wise. And, and I think they're just, they have more skillful offensive players and equivalent defensive players. So I think UC Irvine pulls up the upset here. Um, which brings us down to, to Villanova versus St. Mary's. Um, and again, St. Mary's is a team that we didn't see really coming close to the, the tournament, mostly through the season. They um, haven't played well all year, really, until um, basically the end of February. And they started picking it up. Um, and then winning the without winning the conference, they would have missed the tournament. So um, they're a team that's led by basically two guys, Jordan Ford and Malik Fitz. Um, Jordan Ford's their, really their go-to guard. Uh, does really everything for them. Uh, shoots it from three. Gets to the free throw line a ton. Uh, is able to take care of the ball. Can make plays for others, but is more focused on scoring. Um, but just as an overall efficient shooter. Then Malik Fitz, uh, more of a wing kind of big guy, um, 6'8", 230. Um, he's pretty young and a sophomore, uh, but you can stretch the floor, shoot it really well from three, uh, 40% from three. Uh, I really like his game. He can take care of the ball. It's just when he gets the ball, it's, it's going up. Um, very rarely is he making plays for others. Uh, so that's my only complaint with his game is if he can become more of a playmaker for them, I think that will really help. But then yeah, their other starting lineup runs out with Tommy Kerr, Jordan Hunter, and Tanner Krebs. Uh, those three guys are out there as their glue guys, really. Um, Tommy Kerr is more of a playmaker. Offensively, can take so take some of it off of Jordan Ford, but Again, he struggles a little bit with taking care of the ball. And then Jordan Hunter, they're just out there to rebound the ball. Um, that's basically all he's going to be doing. So, um, St. Mary's, just nothing too exciting about how they play. Um, one of the slowest tempo teams in the country. Um, they're spending nearly two-thirds of the possession with the ball. I mean, they shoot the ball well, but can't really turn the team over on defense. Don't defend terribly well. Um, just really rely, rely on shooting the ball well and um, hoping the other team misses. So um, They play an interesting team in Villanova. Um, Villanova really struggled at the end of the regular season and then Again, showed why Jay Wright is such a good coach um, and why they're such a, a great program and able to run three off in the Big East tournament uh, and, and win that. And even though they won that and had a, a equivalent record in Marquette, um, they still got a lower seed, which is 
interesting to me, but um, Villanova is a very efficient offensive team. Again, they're not going to play it very fast, so this game is going to be very slow. Um, it's going to really come down to who shoots it better offensively um, and who can really handle it uh, and not turn the ball over. Because with slow tempo, right, you get less shots. Um, and it's important to really take good shots. So um, I trust Villanova a lot more um, in taking care of the ball. Um, they rank um, 69th in turnover percentage, which doesn't seem that impressive. But again, as a team, doesn't really have a true point guard um, and plays in a, in a conference like the Big East that has a lot of pressure defense, a lot of tough man-to-man defenses to go against. Um, that's a very impressive number. So I just think Villanova with Phil Booth and Eric Pascal leading the way um, is too much for St. Mary's to handle. So I'm going to move them forward, um, which gets us to the next game of uh, Purdue versus Old Dominion. Um, if you told me back in December that Purdue would be a three-seed, um, I probably would have laughed. Um, they were 8-5 and five to end the, the month of December in 2018. Um, and then really went on a, a crazy win streak in January into February. Um, at the midway, midway point of the month of February, they were 17-7. and seven. Um, And had some pretty impressive wins. Wins over Michigan State. Um, Ohio State had Ohio State beating Minnesota, Wisconsin in overtime. Um, So a lot of of big wins there. Um, Then went on to to end the season um, at 23-8. Their loss to Minnesota, um, I think, exposed some some big-time problems for this team. I think... Their front court is in a lot of trouble. Uh, they have Matt Harms, who's 7'3", 250, massive. Uh, doesn't look that... He looks skinny, even though he's listed at 250. Um, and Minnesota's really able to take, take advantage of that with Jordan Murphy, um, Daniel Tura, even Amir Coffey at times. So I think their front court is... is What's going to be the X factor for them? Trevion Williams has to be big. I mean, he's kind of got a Caleb Swanigan type game to him. Uh, and then Evan Bordreau has to get down in the paint a little bit more. Um, he likes to hang out around the three-point line. Um, not a great rebounder. And really needs to help out with that. Um, so for uh, Old Dominion, they have a ton of size. Um, they're actually 69th in the country in average height that plays. So they have two guys that come off the bench that are seven feet or taller. Uh, and then everyone else is basically 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 So they have a ton of size. They're able to rebound the ball uh, on both sides of the floor. And I think that's going to hurt Purdue. Purdue also, I mean, crashes the glass like crazy. But I think with 
old dominion size that can that can be dangerous for them um and then old dominion i mean they're a really really good defensive team i think that's part of their their size and length that really affects a lot of shots um you got you got guys like dana bat that has a it's ranked 121st in block rate or block percentage. Um, and Malcolm Regis for like again, these guys are just super athletic, um, good size and strength, and just hold their shots all around the rim. So um, their ability to protect the rim uh, and force you into tough shots, uh, I think, is a huge advantage for them. Um, but at the same time, they struggle to shoot the ball. Uh, not a great three-point shooting team. Not a great shooting team, really, at all. Um, actually, one of the worst two-point percentage teams in the country. So, And free-throw shooting team. So that, that concerns me for them. Uh, and again, Purdue has Carson Edwards, who again, one of the best players in the country. So... I think this is going to be a really close game, especially since Old Dominion is going to be playing for their coach, uh, who again was diagnosed with uh, cancer just here recently. So you're going to see them play really, really hard. But when push comes to shove, I'm going to take the best point guard, and clearly Carson Edwards is that. So I think Purdue wins a close one here. Which brings us down to uh, the final two matchups in the first round. Um, we got Cincinnati versus Iowa. Uh, I think this is outside of the one and two seeds. This is the most confident pick I think I have um, in the entire bracket. Uh, and that is Cincinnati. So... I think Cincinnati got robbed with a seven seed. Uh, I thought they were more deserving of at least a six, maybe a five. Uh, but unfortunately, I got stuck at seven, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because they're basically playing two home games to start playing in Columbus, which is only two hours from Cincinnati. Um, and got lucky enough to draw Iowa, who's been... Um, pretty horrendous to end the season. Um, went on a four-game losing streak to end the season, and we're one and five in the last six. Uh, losing some really bad games, losing to Rutgers at home, uh, Nebraska on the road, uh, losing my twenty to Wisconsin, losing my twenty to Ohio State. Uh, they beat Illinois in the first round of the Big Ten, but then absolutely got run over by Michigan uh, losing by 20 there so uh, not much confidence going in for Iowa uh, but what they do well is I mean they shoot the ball well um, they're not particularly great defensive team they, they can defend three a little bit but again I think that's having to do with playing in the Big Ten um but but they they truly rely on getting to the free throw line and shooting the ball, the um, shooting the ball well from three to keep them in games and 
they haven't been shooting the ball well, and other teams have really been putting it to them. But uh, for them to be successful, their two go-to guys have to be um, special here. Tyler Cook and Luka Garza. Um, just unfortunately, they have to to match up with basically Trey Scott and Isaiah Brooks, who are unbelievable defenders. Uh, will beat the crap out of you all game long. Uh, will block your shot um, and keep going at you. Uh, they're not afraid of anybody, and unfortunately, Iowa's two best players are going to go against probably Cincinnati's two best defensive players. And then kind of have to hope either Isaiah Moss or Joe Weiskamp can slow down Jaron Cumberland, which I don't see happening. And I think Cincinnati wins this pretty easily. Um, And then our last game, um, we have the two-seed versus 15, Tennessee versus Colgate. Again, Colgate, shout-out to them for making their first tournament. I uh, got the unlucky draw of Tennessee. Uh, they don't match up well against them. Colgate has decent size. Um, their best player, Rapolis, um, has good, good size, but um, it's more of a stretch, stretch five. Um, and he's going to have to be guarding Kyle Alexander, which is going to be a handful for him. I think Colgate can get out to a good start and keep it close in the first half. But Tennessee is just too big, too strong um, in their front court. And it's going to just be too much for them uh, to, to maintain throughout the entire game. So Tennessee advances there. Um, to play Cincinnati again this is going to be in Columbus so um, home game for them and it's going to be a very intriguing matchup Uh, the physicality in this game is going to be unreal basically going to be basically going to be a fist fight whole game just getting after each other Again, um, Cincinnati has some really, really tough players uh, and guys like Cumberland, um, Trey Scott, guys like that, uh, that can really get get after you defensively. And I think the matchup between Jaron Cumberland and Grant Williams is going to be awesome. It's going to come down to who can score more there in that matchup. And if Schofield can stay hot from three, um, can play an entire game and not disappear like he did against um, Auburn really both times. Uh, So Schofield and and Grant Williams are very, very important there. And then the matchup between Justin Jennifer and Jordan Bowen is going to be very, very big. Jordan, or, yeah, Jordan Bone has a lot more size than Jennifer does. Uh, Bone's at 6'3". Justin Jennifer maybe 5'10". So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Bone's able to, to 
to post up a little bit in the game and get going for him offensively. But Justin Jennifer shooting 45% from three uh, is going to really stretch out the floor, make Jordan Bone defend for 94 feet, basically. Uh, so that's going to be an intriguing matchup. Um, and then, again, the front corner, Trey Scott and Azir Brooks against Kyle Alexander and Grant Williams. And then you throw in Cumberland and Schofield. Uh, just the, the, that trio there is going to be really important. Uh, if this game wasn't in Columbus, I would take Tennessee and, with no hesitation. Uh, but I really worry that Cincinnati feeds off the crowd and, and can win this one. I'm going to say Tennessee wins in, in a very, very close game. Um and probably has to come back from being down to 8 to 10 points to win this one. Um, but in the end, I think Tennessee has too much talent, um, especially with the way Momonte Turner has been playing lately. Um, so I got Tennessee advancing there, which brings us to Purdue-Villanova. Um, two veteran teams here. Um, have been in the tournament before and uh, Villanova is the reigning national champ I think they uh, found themselves a pretty good matchup here playing against Purdue um, I think they can use their quickness especially really eliminate Matt Harms from from the game and make them play small because Eric Pascal is um, so skilled and can play play five, um, and that's going to eliminate Matt Harms and really make Evan Boudreaux or um, Eastern be playing a small ball five. So I like the experience and the coaching of Jay Wright a little bit more than Matt Painter and Purdue. Um, so I like Villanova winning this game. And then that gets us into UC Irvine versus Wisconsin. Um, I think even though UC Irvine's got some good size, uh, I I don't think they have anyone that can defend Ethan Happ. I don't think they've seen anyone like Ethan Happ all year. Uh, And that's going to really, really hurt them. His ability to pass out of the post uh, wouldn't be surrounded by shooters. And I think it's going to really hurt UC Irvine. Uh, and I don't think um, UC Irvine is going to be able to get good offense against this defensive team because Trice, um, Davidson, uh, all those, Britzel, I mean, all those guys are going to really get into your shorts and um, defend them tough. So I like Wisconsin um, easily handling UC Irvine here. Um, and then Ole Miss, Virginia, I, I made a crazy statement earlier in the season saying Ole Miss has what it takes to get to the Final Four, um, but I don't think that's this year. Uh, I think they can bring back a lot of guys next year and be very dangerous, but again, Virginia and that trio um, are going to be very hard to beat, especially since they're on that mission to revenge last year. Uh, it's going to I don't see them losing, um, especially this early. So 
Virginia moves on to play uh, Wisconsin. Uh, and I think Virginia has what it takes to, to bottle up Ethan Happ and make Wisconsin struggle def- offensively. Uh, they can defend the three. Um, Virginia, I mean, they're holding people shooting 27% from three. So the fact that Jack Saul, um, Diakia, and Braxton Key can all defend Ethan Happ while holding them to 27 to 30% from three. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin really has a shot in that one. So I'd have Virginia winning that one, um, which brings us down to um, Villanova versus Tennessee. And as much as I would love to see um, a back-to-back for Villanova, Tennessee is just too much for Villanova. Um, there's really no one to guard both Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. And then even if they throw um, Sadiq Bay, um, guys like that onto to Grant Williams, I still don't think that's enough. Um, I mean, you got Colin Gillespie to, to guard Jordan Bone, but I'm going to take Jordan Bone in that matchup all day. And then, I mean, Jermaine Samuels has to be huge for Villanova to keep it close, but I just I just think um, Tennessee has too much firepower there. So that would leave us with a Virginia-Tennessee matchup to, um, in the Elite Eight very intriguing matchup because they're basically opposites when you look at who their go-to scorers are. Uh, Virginia's mainly in the backcourt. Tennessee's mainly in the frontcourt. But DeAndre Hunter has the ability to guard Grant Williams and guard him really well. Uh, And I just think if Ty Jerome or Kyle Guy gets hot from three, Tennessee doesn't have a chance. Uh, and Tennessee isn't a team that likes to play too slow. Uh, they would prefer to get up and down. Um, and if they can get, if they're in the half court, it's going to go through Grant Williams. So um, I think DeAndre Hunter is just, is a good enough defender to slow Grant Williams down enough for Virginia to win a close game here? Um, a very low-scoring game. Um, if you look at Tennessee's schedule, um, they don't win when they don't score many points. So um, they lost Kentucky. They scored 69. When they lost to Auburn in the SEC championship, they scored 64. So if they're not scoring, um, they're going to have a hard time winning this game. So I think Virginia can hold them enough. Uh, just especially since Tennessee lost to Auburn twi- twice in two weeks. Um, and Virginia is essentially a better Auburn. Uh, I like Virginia winning this one. They go to the final four. So, to recap, that would leave us with Virginia, um, Kentucky, 
Gonzaga and Duke in our final four. And unfortunately, that's three ones and a two. Um, doesn't happen very often. Um, obviously, there's probably going to be some upsets. This is in the perfect bracket. Um, but if everything goes the, the way it normally would um, or should, well, we see it going this way. Duke for Duke versus Gonzaga. Um, it's an interesting matchup, especially with Duke getting Marquise Bolden back. Um, I think with Bolden back, that makes that gives the advantage to Duke uh, because that gives them the, the necessary size to deal with Rui and um, Brandon Clark and be able to defend that pick and roll uh, with Josh Perkins. So I think Duke has enough weapons offensively uh, to make up for their lack of shooting. Um, and as much as Brandon Clark can stop uh, things around the rim, I think he can stop everyone around the rim. So guys like RJ, uh, Zion, and Cam are going to be able to get to the rim uh, and find dump-offs to Bolden or DeLaurier. Uh, and win a really high-scoring game and a, a revenge game for Duke to losing that uh, Maui Invitational game. So that would leave us Duke in the national championship. And then with Virginia and uh, Kentucky playing on the other side, um, I think Kentucky has a good mix of youth and vet- veterans that have been around. So Reed Travis, a fifth-year senior, um, P.J. Washington, a sophomore. Um, and then having, obviously, the youth of Kelvin Johnson, Ashton Higgins, Tyler Harrow. Um, I think that's a lot of talent. And they're starting to figure out how to play together. Uh, really just have been improving all year. Um, obviously lost to Tennessee the last few times they played them, but I just think they have enough talent and can handle Virginia's defense by getting out in transition um, and using their defense to to propel them over Virginia. And then in the national championship, I just think Duke again, even though this is a revenge game for Kentucky after that embarrassing first game of the year, uh, I just think Duke has too much for them to... I didn't believe Duke will win the national championship. Um, so that wraps up our bracket here. Uh, Duke is our national champion, and that's even without Zach on. So um, no bias here. But uh, let us know what you think. Hopefully this helps you out with your brackets. Um, ho- hopefully it helps you win some money um, in those office pools. Yeah, after um, after the games this weekend, we'll come back and sort of give you a breakdown of what, what happened over the weekend, um, what we saw, what we missed, that kind of stuff. Um, so that wraps up this. Um, check this out um, on Twitter and, and let us know what you think. But here's DJ Zenas.
conversation. Sorry if I'm blunt, but your boy kind of fake. Just need a chick to throw it back when I'm lazy. Love it or hate it, doing my two steps. Looking fresh from the shoes to the crew. Man, it ain't even two yet. Make a run before we run out. Party all night till the sun's out. Like we don't with basics. Got the cups lined up in the basement. Party hard till the cops show up. Get out on the floor. All I want to know, can we turn this back?